0: Sit down and buckle
1: up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pirate Monk Podcast with Rob and my good friend, Pablito. Hey, buddy. Hey, good to see you again. Um, By the way, as I was saying Pirate Monk Podcast, I wonder why Nate and aaron haven't shortened that to pmp pirate monk podcasts you think we should uh <laughs> you think we should give it an acronym and see how they feel about it
0: hey <laughs> i'll be complicit in that i'm good
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be your getaway car
0: driver <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, you know i i think that's the corporate side of me like for all the listeners that are in you know in the corporate business world Everything has a three or four letter acronym. Yeah, acronyms um, rule. Yeah, or acronyms rule. Although they print well on a uh, on the front of a baseball cap. So
0: you know, there's some something oh, to so be you're said you're looking there. from the marketing side point uh,
1: point of Hey, view. listen, yeah, PMP could be it. Could be like our our own thing, like a club. You know, the Pirate Monk Podcast Club kind of thing. I love so, it. I love it, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Great to be with you. Um, also, great to be recording. Uh, always humbled to to be able to support Aaron and Nate and um, you know the entire society in Absolutely. this way, and just talk about life, right? So, and speaking of life, you celebrated a very important life yesterday. Drum roll, please! You celebrated your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Paul!
0: Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so yeah, much. How, Thank you so how much. How was it?
1: What um, was uh, what was yesterday like for you? You
0: know, my my birthday. Was um, a great example, you know, of where I'm at in recovery and, and like, you know, I hear the characteristic of an um, addict is, or you know, I've heard this several times, like all or nothing thinking, right? Mm, and my birthday yes. was not an all or nothing. It was not all good, and it was not all bad, right? It was. Um, it started off with, um, first of all, I had the day off work, right? And uh, it was a, it's a, it was a Friday. Which, you know, Fridays are fun days, but if you work, you work. I've never been somebody who takes off for my birthday or anything, and no judgment on somebody who does, but I've just said, I'm just going to live my life, and um, it doesn't have to be on the day, but th- my actual day, I was off work, and I had this desire early in the week, I said, I really want to spend time with people that that I care about, And and this is the other thing, I want someone to ask me, pursue me, okay. say, hey, Will, can I take you out for your birthday? Um, and the first part happened with, a a special, uh, person in my life. Um, and I was, um, asked, Hey, has anybody asked you to do, you know, do anything on your birthday? And I said, no. And, uh, and they said, yes, I would love to, if you're okay with that. I said, well, you get first dibs, you know, (laughs) so that was, I had, so I had dinner plans. I had later on dinner evening plans. But then I had this. It didn't stop there. My heart wants what it wants, right? I have a a good buddy of mine that um, is in my life a lot more, you know, logistically around my uh, my space, and and uh, and and he, uh, I'm I'm able to see him more often, is what I'm trying to say. And and I, I kind of wanted to spend some time with him too. But I found as the week went on, I I wanted him to kind of guess it. (laughs) <laughs> and just like know what I wanted, and, yes. and a, a good brother that rec-
1: sounds familiar, by the way.
0: Okay, right. And I and I and I was al- almost I found myself embracing myself for the disappointment that he was not gonna read these cues, not going to you know hear from God or you know, whatever that looks like. And and then I was already kind of there was a part of me that was posturing myself to feel hurt, or even take it as far as you know, maybe some resentment um yes. and uh and and I I think it came out in a check-in cuz I do life uh, authentically with men and I highly recommend that and you're one of those men and and I just and I shared it with somebody and they said have you thought about just asking him and being and being <laughs> clear just saying I'd like to spend time with you on my birthday and, <laughs> yeah. and when he said that it was just too easy of an answer yeah. a, you know it kind of takes away I don't know what it was I'm the guy that you I, I used to not put my I used to hide my birthday on Facebook because I wanted people who really cared about me to know it was my birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't know what part of my story that comes from, but I yes. know it's part of my my woundedness and it's almost like putting up a barrier or a test that, you know, but it's it's there. Um, and so, but I this brother was I said wisdom cried out, right? And and so I, I I spoke up to my buddy and I said, Hey, can I do I get to spend some time with you on my birthday? And And uh, we ended up having a great breakfast. It was a a couple hours of good conversation. It was some laughter. There was some deep, deep conversation as well uh, on on just how to how to lovingly confront you know each other's stories while we're holding space and for each other. And it was just amazing. And uh, I just we got home from that. Uh, You know, I we I got home from that, and I, I just sat in that, and I was just kind of having some time with, with my dogs and this and that. And then um, uh, I ended up having to take my dog to the, to the vet on an uh, impromptu vet visit that unfortunately did not go well. Uh, I mean, I, I still have my dog. He's, he's recovering, but it just ended up like where it was. Okay, he's not, you know, we're trying to diagnose some, di- some serious digestive issues that he's going through he was diagnosed over the, um, Christmas and new year's time with a couple serious digestive diseases. And, and, uh, so they had tried him on a new food and, um, and that food, it went, it went south. And so he was, he wasn't doing well. Um, and so I brought him in and I was really glad that I noticed this time that his stomach was distending and, you know, and he, he was more lethargic and things like that. But, I wanted to be wrong, too. I wanted to be wrong because so yeah, I didn't want course. my plans to change on my birthday. Of course. But unfortunately, my plans did change. And that person who would ask me first, I had to let them know, I need to monitor my dog. And they completely understood. We ended up watching. Uh, I did, And they said, well, let me know what you need. I said, you know what? I'd still like to watch a movie with you. Can we just <laughs> pull up a movie in our own homes and then just, just have fun texting about it or whatever? And And that's what we did. And, uh, we ended up watching, um, the completely masculine movie, 51st Dates. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to stay here to a record that I liked that movie. It yeah, was enjoyable. It was so I know it's good. an old school one, but this person really liked it. And, uh, so I got to make them happy and, uh, and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun and, uh, there was some, and it wasn't easy to get through all of it because I was really feeling a lot of, um, fear and sadness and even some loneliness um you know you know while i was watching my dog and wanting him to turn around health wise and but um you know it ended up being making the most out of what what that evening provided and it did provide some some things we'll probably do a rain check on you know so it's to be continued but that was my birthday
1: Well, they, by the way, happy birthday. Thank I'm you. I sorry that. That, uh, I'm glad you got the experience connection. Um, also, sorry that you're. Uh, da- by the way, for those listeners out there that don't know Pablito, best dog dad. <laughs> I mean, full stop, hands down. I even have a shirt loves. that says
0: it, so it's official.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you really, really do care for them. Um, and I know they're important to you. So, hey, real quick, you said I was with this other person. To yet to be named, and that's okay, you know, right, to mention right. names. And they picked, um, general neutral, they picked 51st dates. <laughs> highly <laughs> I'm highly doubting that was another brother. Um, but okay. that's okay. I'm, I'm not trying to fish for anything, but my question, oh, you're not, really, are you sure? No, no, my question, my question to you is, what would you have picked? I mean, it's your birthday, what would you have picked if you weren't so accommodating? to this other right. important person, in your uh,
0: you know? And, and the whole birthday thing itself was like, Oh, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I thought um, I had some shame around like not having a place. I did want to do some bowling, like in um, downtown Disney, they have a nice little spot where you can eat some good food, not just bowling food, but then, so that probably would have been my pick, um, I, I, you know, but, uh and then we went we we ended up shifting to something different and then movie wise, same thing i didn't really know what to choose so i had a little shame around like uh, i should have an answer ironically enough i thought you know well i, I was given a choice <laughs> not a choice i could have chosen whatever i wanted but well i did when i asked this person what do you think it was it ended up being well what about wedding singer or uh, or 51st day so there is a theme there if you know the actors uh but then as i were walking there actually i didn't know this there, I hope I'm not, you know, messing up any copy, copyright infringements. But there was, um, there's a reference to Tommy Boy in Fifty First that I never knew because I don't think I've ever gotten through the movie before. Uh, the Callahan Auto Parts in Sandusky, Ohio. So I probably would have chosen that one. I knew I needed a comedy, and because uh, I needed to be cheered up a little bit. But I think I would have gone with Tommy Boy if I had thought of it. <clears throat>
1: Oh gosh, that's awesome. I love that, and and I, either my one of my favorite lines is, "Big man in a little coat." Uh, you, I mean, I, there at that some point I'm like, "Do you actually live that out?" <laughs> Not fat guy, of course, but big guy to little coat. So. <laughs> well, Paul, happy birthday. Uh, listeners, you're in for a treat with our next guest, Brant Hansen. Uh, we'll be back with you shortly on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
2: You know, listening to podcasts like this one is certainly helpful to your recovery. And so are the many books that we recommend. But recovery is not something that any of us can do by independent study. None of us can recover alone. We heal in relationship. So it's crucially important for you to find a recovery community, a Samson Society group or a Pure Desire group or a Celebrate Recovery or other 12-step programs somewhere where you can bring your real self and say the real truth. And there's another resource that you can draw on, one that's been extremely helpful to me over the years. In those times when my recovery has plateaued or when I've gotten stuck or I've started to lose ground, I've found that there's nothing like time with a highly skilled, well-trained therapist or recovery coach to get me moving again. Now, sometimes that's taken the form of a weekly counseling appointment, At other times, it's meant attending a week-long or a weekend-intensive. If you're ready to take a dramatic step forward in your recovery, let me suggest LifeWorks Christian Counseling. Uh, These are good folks. The Hunters and their staff get addiction. They understand trauma. And their approach is both biblically and scientifically sound. They work with individuals and couples They're based in Madison, Mississippi, but they can work with you anywhere remotely through Zoom. And at various times throughout the year, they also run weekend intensives for Samson guys. To learn more, go to lifeworks.ms. That's lifeworks.ms. Or give them a call at 601-790-0583.
3: Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. We have Brandt Hansen here. Welcome, Thank you. radio star extraordinaire, author. Well, okay, am I a star? <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't know. Am I some kind of hero? I don't know. I, yeah, I'll probably. It, maybe this. it's it. You know. It, <laughs> yeah, sure. I I wouldn't say it, but I've heard it said often enough I, that know, maybe that, it's that's, true what people say out on the street about me, if
4: they're throwing around the words hero or whatever, you know, Hey, what can I do about that? So,
3: so, so (laughs) you have a diverse bunch of stuff you're involved in from doing a radio show, writing books, and then also being, I mean, you said full time. Yeah. With this children's organization. I don't know how you fit all of that in. So, Tell me first how you got into it and what, what it is first and okay. how you arrived there.
4: It's a true story. I was emceeing a Toby Matt concert, and I'm the worst emcee ever, and it should never. it I hate emceeing. I don't want to do it, but I had to because I was working for a radio station. But anyway, like, hey, go out there and say something about, uh, you know, you can text to give to Cure, you know, text this number and you'll give $5. I'm like, I don't know what Cure is. What are you talking about? I don't want to get on stage and... What what is cure? Well, he had somebody there from it. They were like, oh, well, I can tell you it's a uh, it's a hospital network where someone took Jesus really seriously, a surgeon, that we were supposed to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom. And so he started up these hospitals where we heal kids. Sometimes they're 16 years old, they never walked before, now they can get up and walk. And it's stuff that if they're in the US would have been taken care of lickety split. But there's millions, tens of millions of kids. have correctable disabilities around the world that we could fix but we don't fix them why well we could fix them so let's fix them especially if like you're a jesus follower that's kind of a resonant theme for us so i was so intrigued by that and i'm so burnt i've gone through so much trauma and stuff from church culture i was like i need to see that like i want to see jesus in action for real. Well they talked me into going to their hospital in Afghanistan. And I didn't know that was where we we're going.
3: <laughs> okay, tell me first where in Afghanistan is this? Cuz I mean, Kabul. I only have Wow. Okay. What yeah. year was this?
4: This was gosh, 2009 maybe the first time I wound up going back to Afghanistan three times to this hospital. And it's a hospital where believers in Jesus would train, not only heal, it was for women and children who could not, under the Taliban, even get any care. It was for babies and moms. Highest maternal mortality rate in the world in Afghanistan, highest infant mortality rate, like, because they they couldn't get access to medical care. So here's believers in Jesus who are there, not only doing that, but training women to be surgeons. Like, this flips my switch. And okay. the people who are coming in there are the poorest
3: of the poor. They're like abused. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't want to ask an obvious question. I hate obvious questions. No, but the obvious question is like, what was the safety factor like having this? How does it even exist? Well,
4: okay. It's a great question. Uh, so I had to, I had to negotiate with my wife on it and she ultimately was okay. I was, wasn't going to do it without her saying it was okay. You live in a guest house in a neighborhood. I thought I'd get there and see American forces everywhere at the time. I didn't see any coalition forces ever. Ever. Like, that shocked me. Wow. So we're li- yeah. we're just living in, a, in an Afghan neighborhood, keeping a low profile. You know, they, you basically stay in the green zone if you're an American military person or you have a patrol out somewhere else. But
3: So, so for those uh, other people, not— not me, because obviously I know all about it. What is the green zone? Just
4: explain uh, Okay, it to them. So you, you have experience. Uh, yeah. Okay, oh, sure. Good. Yeah, so, I've got tons. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be like it'd be like where the military was set up in a base, and so you stay within the parameters of this base, and uh, it, it, uh, so they're not out and about.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And this hospital, we would employ people to defend the hospital, so they'd have AKs or whatever. Uh, to defend potential attack because people did know that we were Christian, right? So we're Mm -hmm. healing Muslim women and children. And a lot of the staff is Muslim because that's just the way it's got to be in Afghanistan and they're great. Uh, But it wasn't safe.
3: Yeah. Did the community respect that at all? Or was the fact that you were Christians, the biggest hurdle that couldn't?
4: Well, I would go and I would, I would stay with a guy. I would stay with a guy named Jerry. He was a brilliant pediatrician just a hilarious follower of jesus like great guy filipino-american guy from chicago and we would laugh and laugh now he would spend half his year healing kids on the west side of chicago and then the other half in Kabul. He's just that kind of dude yeah and we we laugh we have pull-up competitions against each other he would look forward to me coming and staying well i have i didn't go back because April, I can't remember what year it was, several years ago, one of the guys who was supposed to guard the hospital turned his AK on to Jerry and killed him. Oh and then killed Lord. killed another visiting doctor just doing his personal jihad or whatever. So ultimately the hospital's still there, but we had to hand it over to a different organization because because we cure our mission is to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And we weren't in a position where we could proclaim the kingdom anymore, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. From, so, from so, that,
3: from that so, vantage had to come. Yeah, out
4: of it, you don't want to raise money based on a mission and then say, well, we're not actually doing that here or there. So right. the hospital, the hospital's still there. It's just under different, very friendly management. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have these other hospitals. So I visit all the time. It's, I, I, I I can understand now why healing was such a big deal to Jesus. It is an advanced trailer of the heaven. Like it is it is a sneak peek into the kingdom and its fullness. So it's demonstrating the kingdom is here. And when you're healing these people who who again, if they're in the US, would have been taken care of when they were babies, but now they're outcast, they're made fun of, they're considered cursed. Their moms mm-hmm. are usually blamed. She must be immoral for her child to have these twisted legs or something. Like yeah. for them to come into a place. Where they're loved, told they're not cursed, they're blessed. It's bright, it's happy. Top-notch medical care. They get to eat their meals next to the surgeons. Everybody eats in the same cafeteria area. Like it's wow. a joyful. There's singing wait, going on.
3: Wait, yeah, the doctors aren't elevated to some god status at these places. That, that's so weird. It, isn't can it they, the best? Can they still do doctory stuff if they're yeah. just with everybody else?
4: Dude, brain surgeons. Brain surgeons don't even hang out with surgeons. Like, you're, like surgeons don't hang out with doctors. doctors in this country, everything's so stratifi- stratified. So you're, you're perceptive in pointing that out. And I love that the kingdom of God has walked out the, this way of these hospitals because these these people who are coming in the door, they're royalty. We are not.
3: Okay, you do realize that you are describing the great physician who came and ate with the people who needed the healing. Yeah, it's almost like uh, this is what Christianity should look like. Okay, but let's let's throw a wrench in this, because I know you've thought about this. When this organization was introduced to you, it was introduced as a healing organization where we go take medicine. And I know in Uh certain circles that people grew up in, they'd say, that's not healing. Healing's going to come from God and through prayer. You can't call this healing. This is just medicine. Yeah, that's that's, insane. uh, So tell tell me why that's insane. Well, okay. So what I say to somebody like that
4: is uh, they're like, well, it has to be miraculous or it's not real healing. I'm like, well, you know what would be a miracle is if you gave some money to pay for a surgery. That would truly be a miracle. If you would actually give of your money because the, the healing, God, look, all healing is miraculous. All of it. My friend Ben, he's a neurosurgeon who teaches at Harvard. He started one of these uh, hospitals, the Cure Hospital in Uganda. He says all healing is miraculous. At the cellular level, like, we can't explain this. So people who are just like, well, it has to be a miracle, That, as I understand her, it doesn't count. Well, it does count to that 17-year-old girl who can now run, and she couldn't even wear shoes before. She's always wanted to have sparkly shoes. Now she has them. She's not like, yeah, this wasn't a real miracle that these people who don't even know me Far, on the other side of the world love this God so much that they would pay their own money so that I could finally wear sparkly shoes. So like if people have theological problems with it, I'm like, okay, anyway, next person, let's, let's heal some kids right. together. Who wants to do it? Is it, it's the most joyful thing in the world.
3: Yeah. And, and you, it's not an either, or we don't have to dismiss the fact that, that, that amazing miraculous healing happens, but right. we also, we don't have to wait for God to, like, whisper in our ear, give money to this, no. go do this, because it's already been written down. He wrote it down, He's you know, to so he doesn't have it. to repeat himself. This is God's- just mercy. Like, like a nine-year-old
4: girl has been made fun of her entire life, or a 17-year-old. I met a, I was in the, the OR for a 17-year-old, one of the first operations I was in, getting her cleft palate fixed. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but a cleft palate, that's a hole in your face. Yeah. She yeah. was not allowed outside for 17 years. Not wow. one day of school because she would have been kicked out of her community because she would have been a monster and a freak. That's what these kids are called.
3: So she was literally so, hidden. She was hidden, hidden from away. her community. Hidden away because the parents
4: would have been chased out of town. So I was in her OR and they did the surgery. And then I was with her after she was out of there. and She was with her mom in the children's ward. Again, she's 17 years old. So this is a woman. And they're sitting on the bed and I was like, you need to see yourself. Cause even after surgery like that, it's not it's not healed yet, but her face is made whole already. Like there's stitches and there's puffiness, but you can see this is a totally different looking person. Like this, she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted a mirror and there wasn't a mirror. And I remembered, well, I could use my iPhone. So I turned the camera around and handed it to her. And she, I mean,
3: she just gazed. Wow. I, I,
4: can't, even, not,
2: no, I can't even comprehend
3: not, what was going through her mind.
4: No, I can't either. Like any girl wants to be beautiful, right? And she's been defined by being a monster her whole life, and that just changed. Somebody reached out and touched her face. And it costs about – the, the, here's the other thing. Like paying for a surgery, at cure, the typical surgery is going to cost about $1,000. So, like, that's a steal. And if somebody's yeah. like, well, I don't want to give because it's got to be, okay, that's, that's up to you, man. But for the rest of us, I love that we get to do this, that God uses his people. It's just like anything else, you could say, well, if God wanted somebody to know about Jesus, he'd tell them himself. No, he uses us to do stuff. Like, he, he gave us the ability to, to do this. And Cure, I think last year we did 16,000 surgeries. Something like that. So that's that's sixteen thousand wow. kids that are able to walk, or their faces restored, or there's burns that they get they're healed from like things that have defined them their whole lives. We say no because we believe in this Jesus. He's a healer. We're going to heal you and tell you about His kingdom.
3: Well, now you are touching on something within this that uh, we're making a few assumptions that possibly people who have not traveled to village cultures don't get that right. there are stigmas in village cultures that. Can go back well when I was in Southern Ethiopia. That go back thousands of years, where I I would meet. Uh, I remember one particular mother who was giving up her child for adoption. She could afford to keep them, but because it was born out of wedlock, she and the child would have had to leave the village that they had lived in as many generations back. There's nowhere right. she could have gone, right. and so people make decisions based on stigmas that Americans. Or people in the West couldn't possibly understand. So what? What is some of that that so, you've experienced? Oh, sure. you're like, oh okay. my gosh! Two
4: things. I'll give you one example of it of, of thousands. But what I didn't know was how cross cultural that is. That mom is blamed. Like a child could be born with a minor issue with a hand or a foot that's twisted or something, and and it's because mom must have been immoral while she was expecting and she's being punished by the gods or God or the ancestors. But mom is blind. And that's cross-cultural and, in traditional and, cultures.
3: And that is nothing like, you know, people could say, well, that happens in the church where something, someone gets sick and they're like, oh, there's, it's nothing like that. This no, is no, like, take change your but, life.
4: But that's a, that's a hint of it. Cause you can, you can see how people can be so judgmental by nature. In a traditional culture, that's where they go. So mom is often ostracized, and very often, dad just leaves. Mm -hmm. So mom is left with this child who's who's considered a monster. She's got nowhere to go, and people will run away screaming because they don't want to get the curse on them. So they'll see this child, encourage her to take it to the river and drown it. But if she's determined, like, I don't want to kill my baby, dad has left. She has to leave the community. She finds out about Cure, where these Jesus people are doing stuff comes in the door literally everybody runs away screaming from her child she's never heard anybody say what a beautiful baby our staff receptionists surgeons housekeeping doesn't matter they come through the door we come to them running oh my goodness what a beautiful little girl oh my goodness what a beautiful little boy can I hold him can I like it's a completely different experience I, I'm telling you it is like an embassy from the kingdom of God. That's what these hospitals are like. So I was so smitten with that as somebody who's been through so much stuff that uh, I needed to see that. And it's a, it's a shame that cure's not better known because it's really, there's nothing else like it in the world, honestly. It's not Doctors Without Borders. We're permanent hospitals. We train nationals to become surgeons. That's um, such
3: an amazing part of this that it's not just, oh, yeah.
4: we're going to come so in can, and fix it and bail. Yeah, so like it's like in Otis, um, we've, we've got Ethiopian surgeons. I mean, we've been building up their infrastructure. Same thing. In Kenya, it's all Kenyans now, the entire hospital, administrators, accountants, everybody. Like, so that's what we do. Um, but to your point, just to give you one example, of like a kid in uh, Ethiopia, this kid was like 15, and his family had turned on him. He, he walked on all fours because of his leg condition and his back. So he had this severe orthopedic condition, but he was a shepherd. So this was in the hills in Ethiopia. And he would actually, would, it would actually shepherd the sheep by using little pebbles and he would run alongside them on all fours or walk on all fours and like skip these pebbles towards him to move them. Wow. Uh, so we had like, he came into our hospital, didn't know why people were treating him so well. They had like a distant aunt or somebody that brought him But his family called him the baboon. That was his name. The real name was Adam, but his own family mocked him.
3: How old was Adam at this point? He's like 14 or 15. Okay. So he now walks upright.
4: And I have the first, I have like got video. I need to find it, but of him on the therapy bars, like at the hospital there in Otis, like walking up, a huge smile on his face. But we're able to say, you're not a baboon. We know your name. God knows your name. We know you're Adam. Like, this is an identity change for these people. And my question is, if we still have millions of kids that could be corrected with surgeries, like, why don't we do this? And I, I would love to just take the slightest fraction of our church spending and just turn it towards healing at these hospitals, and uh, you would watch what we could do. It'd be pretty amazing.
3: Uh, All of this, for some reason, is making me think of God's divorce laws in the Old Testament that Hmm. all center around God's anger towards women being put away improperly without a certificate of divorce, which left them destitute, which, again, the idea of destitution we do not understand in this country. It's like I have no options left, and that God demanded justice for those who had been put out without justice and had been forced into destitution. And then he comes in saying, I'll be the father for these people. I'll be the father. And I just picture these, these kids and these women who are being put into destitution in the same way that God says, I am outraged by your behavior, allowing this to happen and not taking justice for it. We already know God's heart for it.
4: Oh, that's Um, right. I tell people this. I'm like, like, look, People are like, well, God favors the poor. He favors the humble. Like, well, am I supposed to just be poor? Like, I, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. Like, I know He told the one guy to go sell everything, and that was that was His thing. But there was other people He didn't say that to, or whatever. I do know this: God identifies with these people. Mm-hmm. And he even says in Proverbs, if you give to the poor, this is Proverbs nineteen seventeen. If you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. Like he identifies himself with him that strongly. And of course, Jesus says, whatever you've done with one of the least of these brothers of mine, you've done to me. But all that said, like, I do know this, I need to identify with him as well. So this has got to be my thing. I want to have a heart for, I want him to shape my heart because he's very concerned about who I'm becoming. And this does it. Like, I may not be one of them. I'm in this culture. I'm a guy in this culture, doesn't have to deal with that. But I tell you what, I can certainly identify myself with them and make them my team that I identify with. So it's an honor to do it. And I'm I'm thrilled. My wife and I are thrilled that we get to fund these surgeries and do this stuff.
3: So tell me how Africa specifically changed. I mean, there's the cliche out there, right? You go to Africa and you're just always connected to it, which I hmm. thought, okay, well, I liked going to Lake Tahoe and, and that changed me. But <laughs> spending some time in Ethiopia, like, got under my skin in a way that no other place I've visited has. I'm not even sure what mm. that's about, but mm. I was curious how going over and experiencing those cultures in Africa, what, what that meant to you.
4: It's a great question. I probably not the best guy to answer. I can't think of anything specifically Africa because I'm so thankful for this. I never set out for this to happen, but I've been able to travel like all over the place.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so is and there a place for you that you connected to? Maybe it's not Africa. I, I still get weepy about Kabul, mm.
4: especially after what we did recently and including what we did, what our country did. Like, Can you imagine you're a Muslim who's been partnering to heal people in a hospital and now your protection leaves? And you're the one who gets blamed for working with the Christians, Mm. working with the Americans, and there's no protection. These are beautiful people, a huge hospital staff, like turning around going, How how can we get out of here before we get killed? And that's what we did. That's what we did to a lot of people. And it's very tragic. My son wound up serving there right before we left. He was in the he was an Intel officer. And he was – in all of his work, he's like, what so – that makes me um, – that, that place makes me very sad. Africa, I think, is, is really neat because there's so many believers there, mm-hmm. and it really helps you understand. When people go off on evangelicals or go off on Christians or go off on whatever, like, they've got this political – it really right. these blinders on about who a Christian really is in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe that serves their purpose or maybe they just don't get out much, but it's like, if you, if you're around the world, like you, you should picture one of these women, if you're in Africa, like she's, she's the median um, believer in this world. Uh, so it's, it's an honor to learn and, and be around
3: which, them. Which that should encourage us. I think I, I, was talking to someone I can't remember if it was on the podcast or somewhere else that was talking about statistics of you know the church isn't going to be surviving a lot longer at least not the way it is and i remember being young and that was so scary to me yeah. and now i think well wait that's just going to create the opening for us to be like those people Bingo. where so okay what there's no yeah, fear in and, that
4: and for them to take the take like more i'm not i'm not going to say the leadership because they're already there but just like take more help shape the church more over the world instead of just entrepreneurial business-minded american models you know because we've exported that that's something about africa that does make me sad is when i see some of that stuff going on yes so i feel like boy we've, we've done it we're just we're just business people We've made this into a business, and now we're exporting how to do this. And uh, but yeah, if it is encouraging, I think think about it that way because God's way of doing things is is not mine, and I I I love seeing Him do something new.
3: And the church is not going to cease to exist; it's just going to become more no. dynamic as it's refined in the fire, like it always has. Some of our dumb stuff might cease to exist. I'm all for it.
4: I use yeah. the example too, like, I use the example, when I was just married, my wife went to a church ladies event where it was like a makeup event or something, makeover event. Or, and they used her as like a model, which is great. She's pretty. And she came home and she was like, yeah, they used me for as a, as a model at this makeup event. and then, And I was looking at her face. I could not believe what I was looking at. Like they had caked up so much. I was like, uh, you need to go check it out. And she went, she went, <laughs> she went in the bathroom and just broke up laughing. Like she saw it, she's like, oh my goodness, I'm bozo the clown. Like they were telling me how great I looked and it was all awesome. And so she was able to wash all that off and we still think that's really, a, it was a funny event, but I'm like, when people tell me you can't criticize the bride of Christ or whatever. I'm like, no, I love the bride. That's why I want us to scrape all this garbage off
3: because yeah, she's. It, She's hot, but Mary Kay's made her look a little funny. Yeah, we've been putting some stupid stuff on her. That
4: is perfectly legit to call out that stupid stuff. Yeah. That is perfectly legit because it's distorting. It's taking something beautiful and making it ugly. And then when people are like, well, you can't criticize the church because Jesus would never. Like Jesus did in Revelation yeah. 2. He goes through you know various churches that he says are dead and why and like so yeah there's there's this, goofy uh, stuff we need to scrape away
3: this this seems to be a theme recently on the show is you can hold all of this you can be critical we should be critical we're called to judge the judge not lest ye be judged deal there's two kinds of judgment one is an absolute i've decided what this is and i closed the book no more room for god that's what we're called not to do but to have discernment even yeah. Paul says things like, you can't figure this out for yourself, you're going to be the ones judging the angels. Whatever that means, I have no idea. But we're told, hey, let's have some discernment. It's okay, and you don't have to hate the church to say, hey, can we pause for a second? Is there right. another way we can think about this?
4: Yeah, and there needs to be a, uh, it can't just be deconstructive.
3: Yeah, we can't just come at me. Qu-
4: yeah. yeah, you got to come at me with some construction.
3: Yes, Dude, it's too- and that's too.
4: Deconstruction is too easy. Like I need, we can all do that. And there's, it's valuable. Don't get me wrong, but, but wh- what's the construction? And that, that's one reason I'm so excited about these hospitals. Cause I'm like, this looks like Jesus to me. This looks like yeah. an expression of Jesus that makes total sense. Most of the time I'm in the Christian entertainment world, like a, my radio show and stuff. I'm on like all these Christian radio stations and, I appreciate it. I love it. But there's a lot of stuff that I see in Christian world that's like, I don't even, what does that have to do with Jesus? So this, I get this. You walk around a cure hospital, like from from the kitchen staff to the brain surgeons. It's like, this makes sense to me.
3: I want to end with this thought and for us to talk about this a little bit. It's easy to have a conversation like this, pull out verses saying, this is how God cares about it, this is how we love him, according to Matthew 25, and it gets intense, like in a Keith Green 1970s, God already told you to go as he told you not to go kind of way, which you know he later regretted his heavy-handed way of putting that out there. But this isn't just about me having money that I can give, me having skills that I can give. This is about me having fun. And the word fun is totally. a, a horrible rap in Christmas. No, it's right. I, I right. don't it's, want fun. I, I want joy, not fun. That's what God right. wants for me. Talk, talk to me about fun, please. <laughs> okay, so there's a
4: child-likeness that goes along with these hospitals, too, because they are children's hospitals. And that's a really beautiful thing. I'll tell you this. You don't have to give the cure if you're listening to this. You don't. It's okay. I get to. I mean... It's a joy and it shapes me like that you, your heart will follow where your money's going, but I like, nobody has to do this. You don't have to do anything. Somebody, I wrote a book about forgiveness and stuff. And, uh, weirdly enough, I'll drop this and it'll sound like I'm really important. I'm not, but weirdly enough, I was on good morning America a few weeks ago and they were talking about this forgiveness subject that, you know, I had to go up to New York and do this thing. Well, the guy's like, yeah, but for the host, he's like, yeah, but forgiveness is really hard. Like, it is. You know what's harder? A life of unforgiveness. It's harder. And it's what I tell people. They're like, oh, you're saying I have to forgive. You don't have to forgive. You can stay angry the rest of your life. You can go to your grave angry. Lots of people do it. You don't have to do it. God gives us freedom. You don't have to give, be generous, heal people, You know, care about these, whatever. It's and it, That's honestly not a sideways guilt trip. It's just like this is an opportunity, and it's so joyful. Like, I don't know, I don't, I totally agree with you. It's joyful and it's fun. And it's not, if it's, if it's guilt that makes somebody give, just keep it. But yeah. if you see something beautiful, here's the thing that Jesus keeps talking about the kingdom of God being like a, a, a pearl or a treasure where you want to, once you see it, you want to sell everything and get it. You're like, that's yeah. too good. So that's what this is like. You, you don't do that out of drudgery. You do because you're like, these kids are the pearl, man. Like, and. And lest,
3: yeah. lest you uh, listeners think all of a sudden the Pirate Monk podcast has become a church foe trademark right now, uh, there are things all around us that don't cost any money. They just cost time. Sure. They cost heart. I was, uh, geez, just yesterday, my daughter and I went to the Goodwill to get a keyboard for the computer, and a woman was just standing outside waiting for me. And wanted to tell me about her son who died 30 days ago. And we stood there in the parking lot talking about the things he loved and then just hugged for a while. And man, the conversation afterwards that my daughter and I had, and it was, I mean, it was just a weird moment. I don't know who this person is, yeah. but there are people all around us that if we engage – and I didn't I didn't do anything special. I just mostly listened and then hugged her. What can I yeah. say to a person who lost a child? Right. But it, it this is not just about go do the cure thing, although you should check it out. And we're gonna tell you where to check it out because it's exciting. Yeah. But yeah. but just to engage in this this fun. Okay, and enjoy so, it. To your point, go to cure.org,
4: even if you don't want to give, that's fine. But I would like you to experience, at least see what God is doing in the world through his people. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really encouraging to you if you're like me and you've been burnt by all this stuff. Because nobody's going to cover this. I mean, it has been mentioned occasionally on this or that, but not much. Like, this is hu- the number one provider of these kind of surgeries in the world is cure. And it's all done in the name of Jesus. But when people think of stuff that Christians are doing, they don't think of this. I think of everything, all the other goofy stuff. I mean, like I'm in the OR. Sometimes they have worship music while the neurosurgeon's finishing up on a baby singing along. Like that's the best yeah. worship service I've ever been in my life. Like, yeah. So you can see the kids that are currently in the hospital and see their backstories. It's fascinating. It's It's incredibly encouraging. You don't have to give a dime, but check it out because at least you'll be able to see. Like when people are like... When when a tragedy happens, people are like, where's your God now? I'm like, you know what? I'll, t- I'll show you. <laughs> I can actually take you somewhere and show you what he's doing in the world. Whether people mention it or not, um, this is happening by the thousands.
3: And I'll tell you what, I'm going to give a money-back guarantee. If you're listening to this show and you watch 15 minutes of TikTok videos and then go to the Cure website, watch some of that, Money-back guarantee, you will feel a difference when you watch the stuff on the Cure website. (laughs) So where do people go to try to get this money-back guarantee? How do they get to the Cure website? Just go to
4: cure.org. You can see what I'm talking about. Um, You can go, you can follow Cure on Instagram, uh, Twitter, that kind of stuff. Just see the before and after pictures. That's worth the price of admission. And if it's, if you don't want to give, it's totally fine. But you know what you could do is you could ask God while you're out walking around and say, God, would you please let that thing grow? Let that be an expression of our faith that people start to understand, so that more people get healed. That has to, be, like God, that has to be your will, right? I mean, so maybe you ask God to motivate some people who do have some extra income or some churches to redirect some of their spending or something to make this make this even bigger.
3: And you know what? You might go to that website, look at it, and something will be planted in you that is completely different than Cure, that you realize you live in a community that has such a need, and you are just such a Jesus follower to step in and be the hands of healing. Sure. Where can they get more information about you and your books and other projects and all that stuff, Brant?
4: All of my products and or services can be
3: found at (laughs) BrantHanson.com. I don't. I don't do a good just, job with my website. <laughs> I, I just love that you just lost all the passion that you had for this ministry the second it was like this is where my shit is and uh, <laughs> I'm already exactly
4: bored. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you it's just completed.
3: It was amazing.
4: I well, yeah. I don't. Not, if people read the books, that's great. And I think I think they are challenging. And I think you might get a. Case. I try to make them funny. I don't know if that that's in the eye of the beholder for sure, but. Yeah, Amazon. You can click me up on Amazon, read the reviews of the books and stuff, and uh, that'd be good. So I'm and honored, it, okay. people Yeah, want to check it and, out.
3: And it's Brant with an A, not an E, listeners. So if you're looking up Brent, you're going to just – I mean, who knows what what he's who knows? doing. But it might there's be du- awesome. There,
4: there's a dude in, a, in Utah who's a town manager. <laughs> he's, his his name is Brant Hanson, but he spells his last name O-N instead of E-N. And we have we both have Gmail, so I'm constantly getting like like bids on city work and stuff sent to me, and he gets mail about my books. But we we're now really good friends. We're constantly sending each other stuff and checking in on each other's Man, families. And
3: stuff. I, I grew up in a very small <laughs> rural blue collar town, and the the town atheist who would send editorials to the little paper weekly had the same name as my dad. And man. We went to this little gospel church and people be mad at my dad and he could never convince them that it wasn't him. So we're just like, look how the Lord is moving. He's here. <laughs> yeah, look at Ernie's Ernie's doing much better. He was so angry earlier this week. Uh <laughs> yeah i i hadn't thought about that for about 30 years so thank you for that good good well listeners we have we have unwrapped up what was clearly a smooth wrap-up and you know what yeah that's perfect because that's just about the way we roll around here brant thank you for your time this morning i know you're a busy guy but i am just all i'm all amped up from this conversation i'm ready to go thank you it's great to talk to you man great meeting you aaron all right, listeners, we will be right back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. All right, Paul. Brand or, uh uh yeah Brandt hansen was his name and yeah he just sounded like a, by the way he just sounded like a cool dude didn't he i mean he just he does w- former dj first of all former dj it all said to start making sense he was so comfortable in his skin
0: right that's what i was gonna say absolutely
1: yeah comfortable in his own presence and of course um you know flowed with aaron and of course i, I you and I both just appreciate Aaron's interview style of taking the conversation a million different directions. And then, so I don't know, I, I, really appreciate it about him. I know he didn't talk about any of his material, but if you Google him, he's got what four, five, six books he's, he's, he's authored. Um, it looks like he's done a lot of things in his life. And so really felt honored to be able to hear even just a small slice of, of what's important to him. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was fun. And hey, maybe to get, a to
1: get us, yeah, maybe to get us started. I, you know, what was really cool is this whole journey with Cure.org, if, Do you remember what he was saying? It was it was kind of like he was asked to MC a concert, and you know, we, I think we've all you know, those of us have been to Christian concerts know that there's a moment in the Christian concert where a nonprofit's going to get highlighted, and right. usually, you're, for me, I'm out getting a, you know popcorn and a soda and M Ms for the kiddos and uh, and he said, it, he's like, I don't like to MC. It's not my thing. And I'm supposed to talk about this nonprofit called Cure. Like he, this whole experience that has really shaped and, and remolded his life started off as something that was almost a nuisance or something that he uh, didn't necessarily have a desire to yeah. even be part of in the moment. And, you know, it's interesting how, Life can take a turn like that. And so yeah. I, I'm I'm curious, as you were listening to this story and even using that as a launch point, what, what were you feeling in that moment?
0: Yeah, it's it great observations. I, you know, it's interesting because he, if he wanted to know more about it, so it, it felt like a heart question to me, like, I can't promote this in my integrity if I don't, if my heart's not in it. Yeah. Or if I can't speak from my heart about it. And so somebody was there to help him with that. So I love the heart aspect and I loved his journey from okay, thanks for giving me some information and to learn more about it and I'll announce it and then it, it doesn't start stop, it doesn't stop there. It actually kind of begins there and then he starts to explore more about the organization and what started out started off as like I kind of have to do this. You know, I mean, one of there's a powerful verse in in First uh, Corinthians. I think it's in chapter 15. It says the strength of sin is in the law, and um, I, I've I've heard some good sh- teaching on that. Like it's it, the power, the the power to turn our hearts on is when we go from I have to to I get to uh, right, yes, and it's not. Yes. All, I don't. It's something that I think that that's what I heard in his story. Yeah, Like, yeah. I he now. Is we talked about comfortable in, in his own skin. He is comfortable representing the, you know, that he is a member of the body of Christ in these other parts of the globe in bringing medical miracles. And he's not afraid to use those words in the face of maybe some religiosity that will say, well, technically it's not a miracle. I kind of like that all healing is a miracle because yes. it honors God and that yes. he is a healer and he put it even in our bodies. Yes. To be self healing in a way. And, and that honors him. It doesn't take away from him, in, in my view. But I just love that journey, uh, and it and it just it gives me hope. Actually, uh, in this adventure of life, and when I when I talk about following Jesus, I know I can get into black and white. What am I supposed to do? I still, honestly, Rob, am not quite sure what I want to do in my in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, at yeah. this at this middle aged age, you know, I'm like, um. Uh, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, you know, when I walk my dogs, I just I pray about that, and it's not in like a I haven't I'm not doing anything good. It's like, what else is there around the corner that could come up and be life changing? Not just for the people that, because I you know that that maybe I impact. That's what I heard in his story, but also it's going to impact me as well because that's how God is. So yeah, it was yeah. it was cool to hear that and be part of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved the journey for him personally on Cure. When you talked about, and when he talked about all healing is a miracle, do you know where my mind quickly wandered to in that moment mm-hmm. of the interview was the recovery? Oh, wow. You know, I mean, we nice. talked about rec- the recovery and it's a journey. It's not a destination. There's no, there's no quick, you know, kind of quick help guide and all of that's true. And, and, and then we also mix in this word healing along the way and, Sometimes we just say that recovery is healing or we're on a healing journey and sometimes we we know what that's what we're healing from sometimes we don't know what we're healing from and there's like this brokenness. Well, you know, anyway, I in that moment I just thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever thought about recovery as being miraculous. Wow. You know, yeah, the recovery a- yeah, the recovery journey is being miraculous.
0: I that's a great point a great and a great kind of pondering um moment as well but what comes up for me and is is just the idea it's just the idea of growth and that sometimes growth comes from maybe more than sometimes growth comes from a difficult coming living in a difficult place and and I think of you know, I always want I wanted the silver bullet, I related to Nate's story. I wanted the miss, missing, missing information. I wanted the pill. I wanted to know what I could do to get me over. Yes. I didn't want to go back and relive or 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 bring up things from my past or experience difficulty and 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 that's how I was going to develop new coping skills. But I mentioned in the beginning when you asked me about my birthday, I'm really in the middle of this um this real trial with my, with my dog, um, right now. And, and I mean, we, I almost lost him, you know, over the break and, uh, you know, over the, uh, Christmas and new years. I mean, I had two more than one vet tell me that uh, I don't, it might not be worthwhile. And, um, and he's only six years old and I've only had him for four and he was a rescue. And, um, something rose up in me as I was looking at all the facts and things. I thought, I'm not, okay with that i want to give it the best try we can i'm not i just he's gonna be okay i just believe that it didn't feel like a blind denial it just felt like there was something rising up i hope that it was you know there was some God's spirit in there right and but i say this there also was part of me that didn't want to keep fighting because it was really really difficult it was Mm -hmm. difficult to focus on day-to-day things it was difficult being per, um, present with other people because I was—I had some serious emotions with this, serious feelings, serious. My nervous system was very much um, overwhelmed, and or I could at least say uh, impacted. You know, I was carrying a lot. I was—I found myself using as all anything, any resource I could, any healthy resource I could um that had to do with breathing uh techniques and checking in with my brothers and and journaling praying crying out to god walking i remember once i did this i went with my brother-in-law and my dad uh my brother-in-law wanted me to wanted to play disc golf with me and i i actually said no i don't want to do that because i can't i recognize that i did not want to have a bad shot because the word golf is in there for a reason right And uh, I don't have a great relationship with them. I'm not very good at times. And I didn't want to have a bad shot and have to deal with that. But I do want to be physically active. So we found to uh, we went over to the park where they have the the stations. They tell you, this is where you do pull-up. This is where you do push-up. This is where you do, you know, and I said, I avoid, right? Yeah, me too. (laughs) Until that day, that was my way of, uh, us three and then my my dog, my shepherd hope was there and and I, I knew I had energy in my body. I was trying everything to get to get to a stable balanced place. Um, and uh, God's grace was there and um, but it, it just it just I recognized that there was um, I couldn't have any control over what, what I was dealing with. And I did, and I wasn't about to fold, give up. Um, didn't want to, you know, hide or or medicate. So, um, but I recognized in the midst of it a weird gladness. Going back to your your example, a, I, I thought I call I call it weird gladness mm. that I was growing oh, yeah. during this trial. Wow, I was recovering, Rob. Wow. I was learning new ways of coping with this, Yeah. never would ask for it, Yeah. never would want it, wouldn't want somebody else to go through what I'm experiencing, but I am, I'm not hitting the eject button. Yes. I easily could in five minutes, you know, or could have, and I would have gotten back up, but I was learning new ways of living life. Yes. On life's terms, in that moment, and that's where I'm still at. So it just reminds me what you just said. That to me is recovery. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get it from a book. I got it from all kinds of in l- discomfort and and uh, and 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 w- with men that are are safe and just able to say, "Hey, here we are. We love you, Paul. No matter what you're going through." And that, over time, my system, my my brain, my body started believing that. Yes. And so then all of a sudden, you know, cause it was a difficult thing. I was with my family of origin. I had this thing where it's like, I, I enjoyed being with family and yet I had triggers as well. I had, so, I had, I had a family member, um, basically telling me I wasn't doing a good job raising my, with my dogs. And, uh, I guess what? I had to talk about that. I had to release that because that was, that was hindering my ability to cope. Uh, you know, I was, that was something that came up and I didn't even realize it until I, cause I do this out of habit, just authentically brought myself to a brother. And all of a sudden this emotions came up out of me about how the words of that family member hurt me yeah. in that moment. Cause my dogs mean a lot to me and you know that. And, and then I was able to continue to take one step in front of the in front of the other. So that's what comes up in that context. So I love thanks for asking that. that and.
1: I love that. And, you know, I just, that's, that's miraculous. What you just described is tying back to the work that brand does that healing you experienced healing, you applied what you've learned. um, And that's miraculous. And I, I I don't know, there's something maybe even really important about um, those of us for all of us listening today to think about our journey as miraculous. Um, love because it because we love are it. we are we are that each one of us are that important to be absolutely to be a miracle in in god's kingdom and so thank you for sharing that that's awesome man
0: yeah and, and i love that idea that each one of us each person that was listening you are a miracle you yes. know i mean even the miracle of life being produced by god you know And, and then, and then each person, even in the midst of the fallen world that we live in, I just love that. You know, I don't know very many, I don't know how capable anyone is of really being in recovery successfully without recognizing their own value and combating the shame that, you know, uh, at least I had to deal with and say, wait, wait, I am not a piece of crap. I am not, you know, uniquely and fatally flawed. I have a story that, somebody else wants to hear and wants to know and experience with me and allow me to live life a different way and all of that the people and the the process itself are all miracles i'm
1: with you bro yes 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 well listen that's a great note to end on paul great to be with you and uh, for the listeners thank you for tuning in today look forward to catching you next time on the pirate monk podcast